Welcome you to the I Believe in Jesus broadcast. We thank you for being uh, willing to listen to the truth today with us. We are praying for you. We're excited to be back on the air with you. We give God glory for you. And would you open the program here with us with a word of prayer? Would all of you that believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior join with me this today? And just, oh, oh, come together in one mind and one accord. You know, saints of Jesus Christ, the enemy hates it when we come together in faith. So we're going to put him to flight right now as we join round the world in one mind and one accord, believing in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. And we're going to ask him to do a great and mighty thing today, and that is preach his word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, save lost souls, heal the sick, give sight to the blind in the natural and in the spirit, and set the captive free. Lord Jesus, we come together as the body of Christ right now, and we thank you for this opportunity. We are humbled by it to speak your holy word to those around the world. We ask, Lord, that the word of God would just come forth under the power and the glory of your Holy Spirit. For your name's sake, Jesus, we are here. We ask that you would open ears even of the lost to listen, to hear, to receive, to get a stirring in their heart, to repent of their sins and accept you of their, as their Savior. We pray that the word that is spoken today will be spoken with divine clarity and Lord, that, that those that are all in your body will be strengthened. Lord, that the preachers around the world will be uplifted, become stronger. That the laborers, God in Christ, in this last end time harvest, will feel refreshed. will have a new glimpse, Lord Jesus, of you. That Jesus, your name... Oh, God, that is a name above all names. Be lifted up today. And I think of the promise in the word of God in John that says, when we lift up the Son of Man, you will draw people unto you. We're just believing for miracles to take place as the word of God is spoken. And Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we believe in you. Jesus, we believe your word. And we know that the word of God will not go void, but it will fulfill the purpose for which you're sending it today. We thank you and we give you praise for it. And we give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. And the church out there around the world says, amen. God is good to us. I want to minister to you uh, uh, teaching about Jesus. He was... And it's a teaching that shows us the events that led up to Palm Sunday, what Jesus was doing. We know that we're coming into the Easter season, and Jesus wants you to take a new look at the Scriptures and understand really why and how the enemy operated through the people, Jesus' own kinsmen how he operated through them to get them to the point where they would praise him on Palm Sunday 
and then be the very ones that yelled crucify him on Good Friday. We're perplexed sometimes by this, but I believe that today we're going to see how this actually happened uh, by the things that Jesus did and by the things, the words that he spoke leading up to Palm Sunday and then on after, maybe on the next program we can follow up even further into this subject. And you know what it reveals to us, church, is uh, many things that we need to be aware of because when we are determined to speak truth and nothing but the truth, so help us God, that we are going to have a lot of opposition come against us. We have to live in reality. We are in a war. We're in a spiritual war. There's, there, there has been since the fall in the Garden of Eden. We are in a war. We can't walk in, uh, in delusion. We can't think that just because we are people called to speak truth that everybody's going to love us, that there won't be any opposition. The real opposition comes when you are joined and committed in a covenant with God and you have made up your mind that you are not going to compromise the truth in any area. That's when opposition comes. So I want to encourage all of God's people today that are listening to this broadcast that are in adversity, that you're finding that people hate you, they oppose you when you make a stand for the simplest truth. Because you see, Jesus came to speak truth. He is truth. And now we're going to see why his people, I'm repeating myself, in case some of you just tuned in, we're going to see why and how his own kinsmen, his friends, everyone turned against him and betrayed him through the scriptures today because he came to fulfill his purpose and that was to pronounce truth. And in Matthew chapter 10, I'll be reading a couple verses to begin with. Jesus drew the sword. And he said this in Matthew 10, 34, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. And that sword was truth, ultimate truth. Absolutely no compromise in any word that Jesus Christ has ever spoken. Total, ultimate truth. He said, I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Woo! He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. 
He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Jesus spoke ultimate truth. Jesus regarded his journey to the cross as a successful unfolding of a holy plan. Do you recognize the path of holiness that Jesus Christ has you on as a successful plan that will, re that will reap a reward of eternal life? Now, Jesus said the way gets narrow. His path is narrow. Broad is the way of destruction. Many there shall be on that broad way. But as we follow Christ, we journey towards the cross where we make the choice to deny ourselves every day. That's what Apostle Paul meant when he said, I die daily. In other words, he said, I'm going to choose going, making my journey today, first of all, to the cross where I submit myself to ultimate truth. You see, truth, ultimate truth hung on that cross. And he, that's why Jesus could say, I'm the only way, glory to God. Here he is preceding Palm Sunday. And we need to remember the people at that time wanted a Messiah that would destroy the Roman Empire. They didn't want a Savior to come and rescue them from their sins. They weren't looking for that. They were satisfied with taking their sacrifice sacrificial animals and going through their religious ceremonial routines and their traditions in that religion in order to get themselves clear before God. They were not desiring a Messiah that would come and rescue them from their own self and their sinful self. They were looking for a Messiah that would please them and destroy the Roman Empire and lift up the Jewish religion. Oh my, Jesus knew this. He knows our hearts. Now I'm going to turn to John 6 and I'm going to speak to you what Jesus said then. John 6, 28. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Now that sounds good. That sounds like a people that wants to please God. But that was not the intent of their heart. That is not why they said that to Jesus. And Jesus knew it. I read it again to you in John 6, 28. Then said they unto him. They were speaking to Jesus. What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Now, Jesus' answer came because he knew what was in their heart. They weren't wanting out of the right motive to know how to please God in, oh, no, they, they, in the right way because they loved him. No, they wanted to please him so that God would bless them. They wanted his blessings. They didn't care. They didn't want to find out how to please God because they loved him. No, I want you to see. I want you to hear. I want you to understand. They wanted to please God so he would bless them. How many people are in the houses of God that go through the motions that have the wrong motive? They do things so that God will turn around and bless them. They're not doing it because they love him. 
They're doing it to get something out. Now, God will not be mocked. God knows the hearts. Amen. So we need to search our hearts. We don't want to be like this. We don't want to give in finances or time or prayer or study in order to get a blessing. We shouldn't study the Word of God in order to get a greater anointing so people will say, woo-woo, look at them. No, we, need, we want it for, because we love God. We want Jesus to be seen, not us. Always the motive of the heart. Jesus is always looking in the motive of the heart. So these people's heart wasn't right. Oh, my. Glory to God. Jesus shouldn't have died at the hand of his enemy, but he should have never died at the hand of his kinsmen. But he did because their hearts weren't right. There is a battle, church, between good and evil. I pray that you are on the side that, that stands for truth no matter what. There will always be a battle. When you stand for truth, you will, you will find that evil seems to hunt you down. Glory to God. These people that cried Hosanna on Palm Sunday, which means save us, were the very same people that cried crucify him on Good Friday. And we're going to see why. My God, take everything out of my heart that is like theirs. Lord, I don't want that evil in my heart, do you? Jesus answered and said unto them when they asked to, for him to show us how they might work the works of God. His answer was this in verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that you believe on him who he has sent. <laughs> verse 30, And they said, Therefore unto him, What sign shows thou then that we may see and believe you? What doest thou work? Our fathers did eat man in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not bread from heaven, but my father gives to, gave it to you, the, and now it's given to you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. And he, of course, was talking about himself. But they couldn't recognize it because their heart was dark. Their heart was selfish. They did not, I say again, want to know how to please God because they loved him. They wanted to know how to please him so they could get something from him. And what they wanted was the Roman Empire destroyed. Again, I say they were not looking for a Messiah that would rescue them from their sins. Many people go to church today. They're not looking for a Messiah that will deliver them from their sins. They're looking for a cloak of religion that will ease their conscience. A battle is going on between good and evil. Which side are you on? And it separates you without acknowledging race, family, relationships. Your best friend may betray you when you stand for truth. A choice is always there between truth and untruth. In John 6, I can remind you again what Jesus said. 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. That's the work of God to believe in Jesus. Truth offends the majority of people. Jesus didn't come to please the people. Do you go to church to please the people? 
Do you go in hopes that God will give you some kind of blessing for what you do for Him? We can't ever give unto God our worship, our tithes, our offerings, our our duties in the church, our services from, from the pastor on down or from the people on up. It all has to be a pure motive in heart that we're doing what God has asked us to do, commanded us to do in the word of God because we love him. If he never does another thing for us, he has done more than what we would ever deserve. Can I have an amen around the world? Can I have an amen? Jesus Christ has given everything for us. What is your motive? Glory to God. Jesus is always looking into the motive of our heart because this is a heart relationship. In John 6, verse 32, again, Jesus told them in 32 and 33 that Moses didn't send the bread in the wilderness. God sent the provision. The people back then were looking at Moses. Jesus said, no, God sent it. And he was standing in front of him and said, now God has literally sent the very bread of life to you. But yet they couldn't partake of it because the bread of life is complete, ultimate truth. Stood before them, convicted them of their sins. And again, I say they were not looking for a Messiah that would deliver them from their sins. They weren't delivered from the Roman Empire. They wanted their Messiah to take over so the Jewish people and their religion would rule. We can't be like that. Amen. Verse 35, Jesus said this. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. How many people come into our churches and and see the presence of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit moving amongst us, yet in their heart they are not drawn to it? Their minds are somewhere else. Their motive is wrong for being there, if that be the case. I want to recognize the bread of life. The bread of life is speaking to you. Verse 36, but I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. Verse 37, all that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. In verse 38, profound statement, for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Why are you serving Christ? It has to constantly, the Holy Spirit has to constantly take us back to that question so that we can keep our heart clean and our motives right, a pure heart after God, a heart that is being perfected by the Lord himself is a heart that says, my will is to do the will of my Father who sent me. No matter what the cost is to us, and the cost will be everything of us, amen, without resentment, without begrudging the adversity that will come when you make your stand for truth. I'm speaking under the anointing of the Holy Ghost to the people out there around the world. Don't compromise because of the adversity. If they threaten, if they kill our body, and they cannot kill our soul. Remember, remember why Jesus came. He came that we would have eternal life. He said he didn't to make peace among the heathens. There is no fellowship between light and darkness. Glory to God. 
There is no fellowship, hallelujah, between light and darkness. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. There is no light between light and darkness. There is no bridge, amen. There is no bridge. So we're going to close this with another look into John 6, 49. Hallelujah. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus' purpose was to come and die on Calvary. Glory to God. He was trying to wake them up to see that the motive of their heart was wrong, that they wanted a, a Messiah for the wrong reason. I ask you today, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, why do you serve God? What do you want out of this? Glory to God. We must serve Him because we love Him. We must go forth and understand that adversity will come. Jesus told us that it would. In verses 15, in verse 52, he begins to speak something to us. And the Jews therefore strove among themselves. They didn't like what Jesus said, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus answered them. Verse 53, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me. And I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which come down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna. Are and are dead. He that eateth of the bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Oh, and they were angry because they were they did not like him placing himself above Moses's law. In verse 59, these things which he said in the synagogue, he also taught in Capernaum. He went many places before Palm Sunday teaching the truth. Oh, and the Jewish leaders were stirred and they were angry. When you speak truth... I'm going to tell you this. Uh, the Pharisee spirits, uh, the religious spirits will become very angry. Pharisee spirits on people. Religion is a very controlling spirit. And when you make a controlling spirit or person angry, they turn and they want to destroy you. And that's what preceded Palm Sunday. Jesus knew what was in the hearts of these people. Yet he loved them enough to come and tell them them the truth in verse 16 61 here in John 6 when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it he said unto them does this offend you and what and if you shall see the son of man ascend up where he was before it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life but there are some of you that believe not. We have the same situation in the churches. 
Then Jesus spoke another truth. Therefore said I unto you that no man could come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back. They left him and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also leave me? My. Simon Peter said this. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you go your way? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Can you believe this? Here was Peter, the very one that in the week coming would deny him three times because of the fear of man. Don't underestimate the power in the fleshly human being of the fear of man. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter confessed him. Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. The heart in Judas was not wholehearted after gone. No, it was hard and it was greedy. The Pharisees hated Jesus because he spoke truth. Who is around you that is persecuting you? It may be your government. It may be someone in your family. I tell you this, don't be a hypocrite. Don't pull back. Don't stop standing for truth. And oh, I'm telling you, because when you speak truth to a hypocrite, which the Pharisees were, they were doing it for show. Their motive wasn't because they loved God. The hypocrite, when its heart is pierced, it will bleed resentment. Who do you resent? There's some hypocrisy in us all when we give in to the sin of resentment. Who? Why? How can you say that? Because Jesus has shown me many a time my own heart. And he has said, if you live in resentment, then you're living as a hypocrite because I resent no one. Resentment is not of me. Love is of me. You must forgive in order not to resent. Because the hypocrite's heart bleeds anger, resentment, and ultimately hatred for the truth. Because we can't resent people. Glory to God. If we do, then we're not walking in the spirit of the Lord because he forgives. He says, love our worst enemy. I'm speaking to you an ultimate truth that will offend many that are listening. Your religion doesn't please God. He doesn't want you to desire a Messiah to get something out of him. He's already given it all. He wants you to love him for who he is. Ultimately, truth will come forth. It is a two-edged sword. It will cut. It will divide. Joint marrow spirit and the very intent of our heart. Jesus, I thank you for speaking this word today. I thank you, Lord, for the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit of the living God. Jesus, we ask you right now to search our hearts. 
mine ultimately. Search my heart. Search the hearts of all those that are listening to this program and change us. If we see God, then our heart is not clean. If we say out of one side of our mouth that we walk in the love of God, yet we resent and have bitterness even against one person, then we are hypocrites in your eyes. We're not following truth. We're not living truth. We're compromising the truth. Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive us our sins. Forgive us. If you're lost and never have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're deceived and you're going to end up in hell. There is a hell. I don't care what your religion tells you. The word of God is true. And there is a hell. And there is a heaven. And the only way into eternal life is to believe that Jesus Christ is the blood. Is the bread of life. Excuse me. And that through his blood, faith in what he did on Calvary, accepting that is the only way to get to heaven. And if you continue to reject him and his ultimate truth that is written in the Bible, the holy word of God, from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation, if you do not receive it as truth and you do not, when it comes to prick your heart, accept it as truth, then you're on your way to hell, a real hell, a place of torment forever. Lord, I pray right now in your holy beloved name, Jesus, that people are repenting of their sin, falling on their face, and not taking the slightest leaven. Oh, Lord, and thinking that it's not much. For a little leaven, leaven's a whole lump. Just a little bit of bitterness, just a little bit of resentment, just a little bit creates an unloving spirit. And Jesus said in his word, church, that if we have not his love and we don't allow that love to be perfected in our heart, then we're nothing but clanging brass cymbals. Though we prophesy, though we have the word of knowledge, though we speak in tongues, though we move in all the gifts of healings, miracles, whatever the spiritual gifts are, if we have not a clean heart, then Jesus is going to say to us one day, when we don't repent, when we're convicted, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. And then they'll say, but oh, Lord, we prophesied. We cast out devils in your name. He'll say, depart from me, you were workers of iniquity. In other words, you knew the truth, but you choose not to do it. You made excuses. You justified your sin. Who is it that's in your life that maybe doesn't treat you right? That's your opportunity to let God perfect his love in your heart we'll never church have that love perfected in our heart by people being good to us it happens when we're mistreated that's when we face whether we're going to compromise the word or not it, you can preach truth but do we live truth i ask myself this i can preach truth but do i live truth two different things may god bless you We'll be back on the I Believe in Jesus broadcast, Lord willing, next week. Palm Sunday's coming. Worship the Lord in spirit and truth.